Love is the fruit of the Spirit. And it is characterized by all these other things of joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And uh, let's review just a little bit. Uh, the first week was joy is love's strength. All right. Pastor Joe shared that, that day. Anyone remember anything about that? Joy is love's I wasn't here. Hallelujah. It's not emotional, it's spiritual. Yes, the joy of the Lord is my strength, and it's spiritual. All right. Super. Super. Last week, peace is love's security. Pastor Dustin shared with us. Anyone have any thoughts about that? Yes. Agreed. Agreed. I was really... I was, I was really touched by Stephen and, and the whole idea that uh, uh, his, uh, uh, his peace in the midst of the eye of the storm, in the midst of the storm, peace, uh, the security, the security in Christ. And uh, that was the, the thing that struck me about Doris. Uh, her security. She she knows the Lord. She knows the Lord. And the sting of death, the sin. And there is no now therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. And we look forward to being with the Lord. Hallelujah. Tonight we're going to talk about patience is love's stability. And Karen said. Who picked you for patience? <laughs> Sense of humor. Uh. <laughs> but I'm learning a lot. I don't know that I'm being coming more patient, but I'm learning a lot in studying this, and I hope to share uh, some of that and, and you with me. Stability. Steadfastness. Even-tempered and hopeful, these characterize the virtues of patience, steadfastness. Wow. I never thought of patience as being steadfast. I just didn't, I, I, that didn't enter my mind. I didn't think about that. I always think about patience as, 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 as someone who is very tolerant, Right, very able to uh, to endure. Uh, you know, they talk about the patience of Job, but the biblical idea of patience is different than that. It's it's not the kind of patience that we talk about. It's it's the kind of patience that is that is founded in stability. It's it's the aspect of love that is, that is founded in, in hope. And, and because of the stability and the hope, we 
we can be even-tempered. We don't have to get all excited. We don't have to get all bent out of shape. And now you know why Karen thought that was really funny. Because <laughs> I have a tendency. I like to be in control. Yes, sir. <laughs> we'll, we'll tag team it there, but <laughs> yeah. Sometimes patience looks like apathy. Sometimes patience looks like tolerance. But patience is a characteristic of what? Love. And so it's not about tolerance. And it's not about apathy. It's about hope. It's about hope. The stability. The steadfastness. Of patience. So how does patience relate to the fruit of love? Can one be patient without being loving? Yeah, your, your expectations are higher, yes. Uh, but even for 
believers or non-believers, the whole idea of patience is based in love. Um, if you didn't love, you wouldn't care. Right? It's, it's easy for people to be tolerant who don't love because they can just write you off. They can just disconnect. They can be apathetic. I don't care. But, but when we care, now it's a struggle. <laughs> yeah. It's what Butch is talking about. It's a struggle because he loves his daughter. It's what you're talking about. You, you love Christians. You expect more. You know? Yeah. Consider the... Um, Patience without love. It's, it's, uh, it's like Alfred E. Newman. How many people remember Alfred E. Newman? Yeah, all the guys raised their hands. <laughs> all the old geezers, yeah. Alfred E. Newman, Mad Magazine. What me care, he says. What me care. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about this love aspect of patience. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13. First Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Not hippie love, yes. Verse four. It says, "Love is patient and kind." Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Think about these attributes of love in regard to patience. Remember, patience is steadfastness, even-tempered, hopeful. And so it means that, that love that is patient doesn't envy because it sees the beginning from the end. It, it sees the full spectrum why envy? God is good. His mercies are new every morning. I don't need to be envious. It doesn't brag. It doesn't see itself as uh, needing to be puffed up because the patience of love, I got it. I'm stable. I, you, you know, uh, bragging 
doesn't come from strength. It comes from weakness. It's the little man who's got to puff out his chest and say, look at me, how great I am. The, the great people of history were very humble, didn't have a need to brag. No arrogance, no rudeness. They were not controlling, not irritable, not resentful. Uh, think about it. Patience. If, if, if I've got it together, if I'm loving, if I'm, if, if, if I'm stable, I, I don't have to be rude. There's no need for that. It's just extra work. <laughs> do, do you see that? Is that plain? I've never seen that before. I thought it was really interesting. Love has not the hint of impatient behavior born of unbelief and selfish ambition. Love frees and, and, and refuses to hold back or hold down. This is the stability of love. Patience. Patience. Rejoices in the truth, not in wrongdoing. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. It's the total revelation, nothing hidden, abiding forever. Patience. Wow. Turn with me to James chapter 5. Any thoughts about that? James 5, 7 through 11. So James says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is staying at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no, no so that you may not fall under condemnation. It's the patient man who can say, yep, and do it. It's the patient man who can say, nope. And that settles it. <laughs> Why? Because of steadfastness. Let's talk about rain. <laughs> the early and the light, late rains of love. 
I'm not a farmer. I am not a gardener. I got this black thumb. Pastor Joe talks about it, and, and uh, I've, he and I both, we got this black thumb. But I'm married to this lovely Karen Gardner, and uh, she's got this green thumb. So it was interesting to me to think about the former reign. What is the significance of the farmer and the former reign and the aspect of love as patience? Where's James coming from here? Why do we need early reign? What happens if we plant seed and we don't get any rain? Yes, it never germinates. What happens in the process of germination? Well, you got this seed, and it's all dry and withered, and it's been kept dry. You don't want seeds to be wet. They're no good. They'll rot. So seeds are dry. And you take this dry seed and you put it into soil. And then when the rains come and the moisture enters into the seed, what happens? It expands. And it breaks apart. It breaks apart. And and it's it's called imbib. I looked it up. Got to find it here for us. A technical term. So see how smart I am. Im I M B I B I T I O N imbibition. That's what it's called. Think about that as the patience of love and how God waits for us to dry up and to be all alone and to be all withered up and then he comes in with the moisture of his early love and he allows us to be busted open <laughs> and new life coming. Isn't that neat? That's what happens when we're born again. You know? We, 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 we come to a place where, where we, we, we recognize I'm, I'm, this isn't cutting it. <laughs> and then God's early rain comes. And breaks us open. And, 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 and that's, that's just so cool. The, the seed must experience a rehydration. Be split apart before it can live and develop into a plant. Now in Israel, in February, is when the early rains come. They plant in, uh, early on. And, and, and in February, the early rains 
come to germinate and, and, and to cause the barley crop to, uh, to uh, break open and germinate and, and begin to grow. Um, the, um, uh, the, the latter rain doesn't come until uh, uh, March and April. Uh, and so let's, let's talk about the latter rain now. Let's talk about what happens when, uh, when, when the, the, the plant has germinated and, 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 it, and it becomes alive. Uh, now, now what is the purpose for the rain? Growth. Growth. Why is water important to a plant? Well, in, in a lot of ways, you see, water is to a plant what blood is to an animal. The water carries the nutrients from the soil up through the plant. And so if you don't have the latter rain, you, you don't have the nutrients that are that are that are coming in the plant. Well, how does the latter rain of love work in our lives? What is the latter rain of love? Yeah. It's what we're getting here tonight. It's it's being together with people of like precious faith and, and being discipled and growing and, and, and giving to each other this, this latter rain. You know, the, the Bible, when it talks about the latter rain, what, in Joel, what's it mean? What's the latter rain? Come on, you Pentecostals. The latter rain, the pouring out of the Spirit. Yes, that's what, that's, that's what the, the, the modern Pentecostal movement was all about. They talked about the latter rain. If you read anything from the history of Azusa Street and, and, and all of those uh, bearded dudes back then, uh, it was all about the latter rain because that was what was prophesied in the last days. And they equated that with an outpouring of God's spirit and, and the, 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 the love from heaven being poured out. Uh, and, and, and we in the church, uh, we need to be aware of the former and the latter rain for our church to be growing, for our church to be thriving. What's all that to have to do with evangelism? Anything? Yeah. It's the farmer, isn't it? Remember? Jesus said the, the farmer went out and he sowed the seed. 
And what's Paul say? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Remember what Paul says about Apollos? Yeah. He says, some plant and some water, but God grants the increase. That's what patience is all about, folks, is waiting for God's increase. That's the, that's the, the aspect of love that is, that, that, that is called for patience. Yes, and some people water, and some people fertilize. Spreading manure. <laughs> well, yep, sometimes I guess that's what preachers do. <laughs> but you know what? It's all about growth, and it's all about patience. And this, and, and, and this aspect of the fruit of the Spirit of patience. Remember, it's, it's not emotional. It's, it's, it's spiritual. That's what we're talking about. So, <clears throat> what does the early reign of love accomplish? What's it do? Well, first of all, it disturbs the status quo. And we don't like that, do we? We don't like it when, when God begins to reign in our lives and begins to fill up the dryness and the moisture comes in and it starts to break in all of our preconceived ideas and all of, our, all of the way it's always been done. Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> takes away the dryness, causes expansion. That's it's exactly, that's the next one. Begins growth in a process of new life. Yes, amen. Yes. 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 Faithfulness. He calls us to be faithful. And sometimes that faithfulness results in the love of the early rain that might be a little confrontational. But it's okay. Because if we're stable, if, if, if we're planted, if we're firm in our faith, guess what? We can endure it when someone gets upset with us when we're being honest with them. 
And we don't have to be people pleasers all the time. Now, I don't mean to say that we need to go out there and just raise Cain. I, that's not what I'm talking about. But I am talking about being willing to, uh, to call it what it is and to ask some of the tough questions. Yes, to be bold. And that's what James is talking about with the farmer and being patient. So let's talk about the later rain. What's it do? Well, it nourishes and facilitates growth. And, and you know, the, the later rain is essential for a proper harvest. You saw what happened this year. Uh, for the, for the corn crop that, that made it in the ground before the rains came, grew like mad, didn't it? I mean, you know, 12 feet high. And then there were the other cornfields that got drowned out because it didn't germinate, because it's too wet. Ah, oh, that reminds me. What, what about too much water. What's that do to a plant? It rots it. Actually, what it does is it chokes it. Plants need gases from the soil. And the gases enter the plants through the roots. They're carried up by the water. But if the water is, is suffocating the root and the root can't receive the gases, then it dies and it rots. You got it. It's exactly what I'm talking about. Too much and not being patient and not allowing the Lord to do His work. You know, sometimes we spend all of our time worrying and fretting and working and trying to manipulate and make people that we love and we care about serve the Lord. Sometimes we need to be faithful in ministering to who God sends us and where we're, where we're supposed to be in his kingdom and let him work and let him do the work. Because, because James says that look at the farmer. He's patient. He, he does what's right. He, he puts the seed in the ground. And then he depends on God to water it. Yeah. You know, I think about that with our students. And most of us have them all the time. Uh, some say we look at our neighbors as students, but we look at our students as brothers and sisters in God's body. So uh, I always told our students from the beginning, I'm not 
Absolutely. Couldn't said it better. Absolutely. The, uh, the idea of allowing him to, to work in people's lives uh, takes patience. And that's the, that's the patience we're talking about tonight. We're not, we're not talking about the, the, uh, the emotional uh, kind of thing. We're talking about steadfastness. And, and indeed, it comes out in uh, the, the behavior of the impatient. <laughs> Sir. Amen. And, and I'm, I'm enjoying my life. I'm, I'm enjoying my, my walk with Christ. He's given me a ministry, or he's helping me do this, or go here, or you know, whatever. And, and, I, and I'm living in that grace that is perfect. Now I'm not thinking about that room is gone. Absolutely. 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 We talk about the patience of Job. Let's talk about the patience of Jesus. He's the example here. Uh, the first thing Jesus does when, when his disciples believe in him is he takes them up onto the mountain and he, and he teaches them the Sermon on the Mount. And he talks about how his value system is totally different and they, they can expect a lot of different things. And he lays it out for them. And, and he talks about loving your enemies. And then he's got the sons of thunder. And when they want to walk through Samaria and the people in the village say, no, you're going to Jerusalem and I'm not going to let you take a shortcut through my backyard. And they said, Jesus, should we call down fire from heaven? 
He says, no, just walk around. <laughs> Patience. Patience. I wonder if that was the same village that later on he encounters a woman who comes out from the well to, to draw water when everybody else is, has uh, gone home because she didn't get along with anybody. And he talks to her and tells her he's the Messiah. I wonder. And then the same two, <laughs> the same two put their mom up to coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, will you do me a favor? My two boys, can they sit at your right hand and to your, at your left? If I was Jesus at that point in time, I'd just lost it. <laughs> Give me a break, guys. Didn't you learn anything? He doesn't. He's patient. He's patient. What a motley crew. If we, you read the Gospels and and, and you watch Jesus, and, and he is the, the perfection of patience. Absolutely stable, doesn't get upset or worked up. Even when he cleanses the temple, he does it in, in absolute righteousness because uh, they needed a lesson. Jesus was not out of control when he was cleansing the temple. Not at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. He provided the early rain, didn't he? Uh, Nicodemus, early rain. Nicodemus. He talks to Nicodemus. He said, Nicodemus, uh, don't marvel. You've got to be born again. He says, I can't become a baby and crawl back up into my mom. And he says, oh, yeah, that's exactly what you've got to do. <laughs> you've got to be absolutely, totally, completely helpless, understanding that you have nothing to hold on to, that even though you're a member of the Sanhedrin, it doesn't mean anything. All of your righteousness is as filthy rags. Nicodemus, you just need to trust absolutely. And it ends there. And a long time passes. And then we find him in the Sanhedrin. And he wasn't, he wasn't going along with any of that stuff. Because he was born again. He did that. I, I, th I think the, 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 the greatest, uh, the, the one I love the most, and I suppose that I probably ride this hobby horse way too often, but I'm going to mount again. We're going to rock away here. In John chapter 6, 
John chapter 5, 5,000 people are gathered on a hillside and they are enjoying the teaching of Jesus. And he performs a miracle and he feeds all 5,000 of them with five loaves and two fish. It's a great time. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than this. And he goes down the mountain and he walks across the sea and he's on the other side and all these 5,000 people, where in the world is he? And they find him. And when they find him, they want more of the same. And Jesus does something that's very, very important here. Jesus is absolutely stable. He is absolutely confident in what he is doing. Absolutely confident in how to minister to these 5,000 people. And so he looks at them and he says, you're just following me because you want the bread. Let me tell you what. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. And every one of them go, yuck, what is going on here? And somebody says, I'm out of here. And the whole crowd says, yep. And they turn around and they walk away. And what's Jesus do? Oh, no, no, come back, come back. I, I did. I, let me explain. Ah, he was patient, absolutely patient, absolutely stable and confident, knowing what it was all about. He turns to his disciples and says, "You want to go too?" They all left. His disciples say, no, no, we, we believe. <laughs> if you say it, it's, a, it's, it's right for us. We're in. We're all in. You see, this is the patience. And, and folks, I, I believe that in this day and age, when we are facing the enemy head on, when the darkness is so dark, he calls us to be men and women of patience, to be stable in love, to be caring, to be brave, to embrace the conflicts, to be unwavering, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor is never in vain in the Lord. This is the patience, the early, the latter rain, trusting in the Holy Spirit. As Dustin shared, I was, I was thinking of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. And he talked about that fine line of ministry between being too involved and not involved enough. And it is. Uh, it, it's tough. And I've been at it for a lot of years, and I ain't got it figured out, I can guarantee you. 
Well, what I do have figured out is simply this. Lord, uh, I, ju I just got to do what you called me to do. I got to follow you. And as I follow you, uh, you're going to lead in the right direction. Yes. Absolutely. 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 And and uh, part of the process is uh, uh, is being busy about our Father's business, and and uh, and and letting Him do the work, letting Him. Uh, letting the paint dry. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I got to tell you a story. This has nothing to do with nothing, but it's old men tell stories. <laughs> when, before I went to work for the telephone company, I was working at uh, uh, Jeffrey's, and, and uh, there was a telephone company truck they had me uh, work on. I was doing body work, and uh, I had... Uh, repaired the front end. It had a, it was a little Dodge van, and it had had a front end collision, so the, the the whole front end was mashed in. And I and I I fixed the whole thing, and uh, the the paint guy had uh, uh, had allowed me to uh, uh, to do paint work. Uh, you know, I I went to him and said, "Can I bolt on some fenders so I can make some money?" Because there was there was lots of body work, but there wasn't any mechanical work to do. And, and so he had, he had mixed the paint up for me, and then I'd spray it. Well, I'd been used to spraying lacquer. Well, he mixed up enamel for this, for this van. And he wasn't around, and it was time to go, so I went in and went in the, the paint booth, and, man, I laid that, that enamel on that van. It, it, it was back, it was, a, it was a kind of a puke yellow uh, color. You remember the GTE vans back then? I laid it on, man. I mean, it was beautiful. So I went out and I was bragging. I said, man, you ought to see that paint job. I mean, it is just slicker than, I, it's great. And he says, oh, no. I says, what's wrong? He said, that's enamel. Okay. He said, it's not supposed to go on like that. He said, you're going to be real lucky if all of that paint isn't laying on the floor. <laughs> When you go back in there. Well, I'll tell you what. We went back in, and that was the smoothest, slickest, most beautiful paint job you ever saw in your born days. The Lord must have taken up <laughs> and kept it on the van because it just came out perfect. Here's what I mean to say. We're human, and we're going to botch it. And if we're faithful and we're doing the best we can with what we got, God's going to, he's going to bless it. He's going to take care of us. You know, he, he didn't call us to be perfect. He called us to be faithful. And he says that faithfulness will result in the product that he wants it to be.